All right, Chris, and you're back. I don't remember what episode you were on, but it was a great episode. But that episode, you, or I interviewed you, excuse me, and today, you're kind of interviewing me a little more. A so. little bit, dude. Yeah, well, cheers, sir. Cheers, Thank brother. you for coming over. Um, so, yeah, we're going to kind of talk about, I guess, just how me and Chris are actually... I see Chris now almost every day, which is great. I'm on my OPP rotation <laughs> at school, which I guess I'm kind of like TAing in a sense, like kind of helping out with labs. Um, but we were actually saying before the show started, like, I didn't realize how much I really was depressed first and second year and i don't mean this in a bad way but seeing all the first and second year students just super stressed about tests about life and just not enjoying medical school because now it's third year i really really enjoy it and i i really think first and second year i wouldn't have gotten through it if it wasn't for my friends you know including you and basketball and the podcast because dude banging all those tests out and exams it's the worst. Dude, it, it is so brutal. And I can't even imagine what the first years are going through right now. Like, I can't, yeah. I, like, I feel like I blacked out for most of last year and have forgotten what that was like. Yeah. But when they go into a hell week and they have six exams in a row or whatever, I cannot even fathom. Yeah. I literally cannot even yeah. imagine that right now. But still... Uh, you know, we have we have our systems, we have OPP, we have family med stuff every single week and and, and boards. boards. We have yes. boards coming up. I think it's like T minus six months at this point and the yeah, anxiety totally, that exactly. comes along with that dude is like is just coming on strong right now and like oh and, no it's not because it's gonna get worse dude, yeah. <laughs> don't don't say that you because might, I, i'm already feeling it right now you but. might think it's coming on strong it is definitely not coming on dude. strong because it just gets progressively worse there, it's not like as it gets closer you feel more comfortable about it no you're just it is the most important test of your life don't and say unlike that. the no. MCAT, no, it is. I know, it's, I know. And it's the million dollar test. Pro- and you could even make an argument like much more than a yeah, million. Yeah, it's probably dollars. worth a lot more than a million yeah, dollars. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the old saying. So who really knows? I mean, it really does dictate your future, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah. It's, and unlike the MCAT, it's, you can't read It's redoing it is just not a good idea. So it's get it right on the first try, do it. And yeah, dude, it's. I'm sorry, it's gonna get worse and worse and worse. But um, yeah, I mean, we were saying a story before we got hopped on this air today or tonight. I was talking about boards with some of your colleagues um, this morning, and like they were some students were, were within earshot because I'm super loud of, <laughs> of me talking about boards, and we're like, boards, boards. You, what advice do you have? What, what should I do? What, what did you do? What, how did it go? What do you think? And did you take both? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, dude. And I just. I remember being in those exact same shoes and exacting, acting the exact same way because I was so so scared. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't necessarily think being scared is a bad thing because it's going to motivate you to study at the end of the day. I want to be more scared, so I'll study right now. But yes. But at the same time, it's like I don't even know how to find time to board study right now. True. Like, true. Like it's hard enough to learn the system that we're in. Yeah. I feel like there's not even enough time with CILs and lectures and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I almost feel like I need to put that to the side and then just start dedicating all of my time to board studying. And Well, 
look. And just scraping by for now, but... Just, you look. You're a smart guy. You don't overthink it. You put in the work, you'll figure it out. It's a simple math equation. That's yeah. how I look at it. Like, what should I do? What should I do? It's like, oh, I don't know. You know, like, there's... You got to figure out your learning style, what has worked best for you, which you've done, but you got to just put in the damn work and put yourself... Take practice tests. Take a lot of practice questions, but also, you know, do other things and learn. But, you know, you... So, the previous episode we were talking about is where you talked about your ADD. And you told me prior to this episode, like, I only work, even with the meds, what motivates me more than the meds to get stuff done is if I'm scared shitless. If I am absolutely scared out of my mind, if I have, like, a... T minus 24 hours until test time. Yeah. I could learn anything. And I could probably... But that's just a feeling. That's not really a time thing. But I don't know how to harness that. Because you can't right cram now. the boards. It's, no, that's no, not no. A, that's not a thing. Dr. Brady might say it. No, just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the little things toward the end, but... Dude, it's a it's a six month yeah, like you said I, grind. So I, I I would say sleep is super important. I I meditated a lot during that period just to help with my like anxiety. Do you use like Headspace or like one of the apps or something? Yes, um, I am cheap, so Headspace is great, but you eventually have to pay for it. Oh, and really? yeah, you get like ten days for free. You know, I think there's you can go on YouTube and there's a lot of free stuff. A lot of those apps are all really good, and they all have a free period. Um, and when I'm older, I would gladly, I think, pay for that service. <laughs> but, you know, living on zero income and loans, it's yeah, it's that. tough. But, yeah, I mean, I just think you got to – it's not that time element. It's that feeling of fear that I'm screwed. So if you can keep thinking you're screwed, it should motivate you to work. But you it just can't. It should, but at the same yeah. time, I also – you know, I'll have days where we have like two or three hours of class and then I have the whole rest of the day off. And, yeah. and you know, looking at it ahead of time, oh, I got all this time to study. I'm going to get this much done. Yeah. But somehow I like always manage to fill it in with, oh, I end up at the gym for a couple hours. Oh, I end up hanging out with, you know, a friend for this many hours. Oh, yeah. I, I end up doing this or that. And it's like, oh, and then the day's over and I haven't gotten any board studying done. And it's yeah. like, how do I, how do, like, I mean, I'm, I'm really good at filling up my days with, like, not studying, and I need to get out of that, and I don't know how. Well, I am trying to get better at managing my money, but I'm terrible at budgeting. But one thing I am good at budgeting is time. And so I simply, you know, I have these big whiteboards in the room. We're not, of course, filming this podcast, but I would write down time things and I think it's very important to schedule fun things to do. Yeah. Always. Um, I'm, like, I'm good at that. I'm not good yeah, at schedule. But, you know, you just have to, of course, make some compromises. And, you know, dude, it's, it's, you just, though, you need to be scared. But at the same time, you need to tell yourself, like, I have gotten this far and I can do this. Like, it's, it's, it's an extremely challenging task, but it's not an impossible task. Yeah. It is what it is, and you know, it's it's if you put in the work, you can do very well, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you got it, dude. Dude, I know, I know. I just gotta, I just gotta stick to it. And yeah, well, put the fucking nose to the grindstone. Right you now. I, once I you to and well, okay. If you at least think of it as a mountain analogy, once you get on the other side of the mountain, third year is super super yeah dude talk talk about third year a little bit because i literally have no idea what to expect 
Well, and can't even imagine it. You're no longer point. a student. Your uh, kind of employee is your role. Lowest on the totem pole employee, but you're an employee. Kind Paying of to sense. be an employee. Yeah, I mean, it, you. Yes, you're sometimes slowing your the doctor down that you're, uh, or maybe a nurse practitioner, PAs. I've worked with both. Um, that could be said, but normally they for the vast <laughs> most people enjoy teaching. They they do think it's fun. But you're just kind of helping out a team run. You help the MAs, you help the doctors, you help write the notes. And you know, you show up at most of the rotations, not all, but you show up at 7:38, whatever. You're mostly done, 5, 6ish, whatever. Some are uh, less rotations, less intense, like the one I'm on now. Um, some are very intense and a lot more time intensive. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, I find the work balance of third year is just so much easier. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to spend more time on the weekends doing things that I like. I joined a golf course this year, spent more time with my wife. I've been exercising more, got a dog. It's just awesome. <laughs> and... And it it was so awesome that I did think it instigated uh, like hypomanic episode in a sense, and so that was one of the topics that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you want to go into that a little bit more? I mean, with your, you know, yes. your your bipolar disorder. So usually with bipolar, you have manic attacks. Right? You go into super yeah. high and then super low. I've never and- heard the expression manic attacks, but I actually. That's, I think, a good expression. We always like. I always hear the phrase "manic episode," but it is essentially an attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It, there's elements of it that are very fun, and then there are elements of it that are not. That are awful. Yeah. So okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about. Go well, ahead and talk I guess about you know I talk about bipolar disorder episodes. ad nauseum. I feel like so why don't. Uh, as someone who doesn't live with bipolar disorder, but of course is very close to medicine, you haven't taken psych yet, but you understand this stuff some. What is your general understanding when I say manic episode? What is your, your general understanding when I say hypomanic episode? So if I was to think of someone with bipolar disorder who has a manic episode, mm-hmm. you go from being, you know, you're obviously, you don't really have a baseline. You are so high up on being, you know, happy thinking you're the greatest thing in the world or thinking everything is so great in your life that you know um nothing can stop you but on the flip of you know flip of a quarter flip of dime whatever you want to say you know it can go just as bad and mm-hmm. and you're not going to stop in the middle anywhere you're going to go from being on top of the world to you know i guess the analogy would be like Rock bottom. Yeah, you know, rock like, bottom. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're at such like a terrible place where, you know, everyone's out to get you. You know, you can't do anything right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would just be awful, I guess. And mm-hmm. that's um, when I think of bipolar, I guess I, I think of, you know, flipping between those two states right there and not really having um, mm-hmm. not really having like any equilibrium between it and knowing where you're going to be at and it. You know, something else is kind of deciding it for you, and which I I personally don't know enough about yeah. to to know what's deciding that. You know, if it's environmental factors, if it's you know like a, just a time switch inside of you or what. Mm-hmm. But um, but then I guess there's also hypomanic attacks. You know, which are kind of like many 
um, manic episodes mm-hmm. where you're not quite going, you know, off the wall, like thinking, you, you know, everyone's out to get you or, you know, you're the greatest person in the world, but you're still just feeling amazing or mm-hmm. feeling, you know, feeling way down in the dumps and you're not really able to hit, you know, a, a balance point between that. Does, does that kind of sound right, I guess? Yeah, and I think right is nebulous. I mean, who really knows exactly what a manic episode yeah, would be yeah, yeah. a hypomanic episode? We don't know exactly chemically what's going on. You know, there's there's very many different arguments of release of too many neurotransmitters at the time. You know, people get put on anti-psychotic medication, which is blocking dopamine receptors. Maybe that has something to do with mania. I'm currently on an anti-seizure med, so maybe that's numbing out some of the wildness that's going on there. But who... Which one are you on, if you don't mind? Uh, it goes by uh, Depakote, <laughs> uh, brand name, Valproic Acid. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, you're in neurology right now, yeah, so yeah. it's in your, in your unit. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we can nerd <laughs> out later on kind of mechanism action stuff and common side effects. But yes, so I take that med traditionally, an anti-seizure med for bipolar disorder. Um, so I, I, you know, I think your explanation was straight on, but where I kind of differ is I think of mania versus sort of depression, the low side is sometimes not necessarily happy and sad, but like super energized emotion versus lack of energy in your emotions Mm kind of thing. And, you know, depression is depression kind of thing like that. It is sadness, but sometimes it's also the lack of energy to feel anything apathetic Lack of energy to even, like, shower, brush your teeth a couple times a day, eat good food, you know, like, everything just seems like such an overwhelming task because the energy isn't there to do anything. That's how I kind of view depression. And so, Romania, for me, is this uptick of energy. And I'm bipolar disorder type 1, so I tend to side more on the mania side than the depression side. Type 2, for the most part tends to be more on the depressive side for the most part that's a oversimplified in a sense but so as far as like a drug regimen goes then for like those type of patients is it a different would you treat each of those patients differently then yes because like you'll learn in your uh, psychiatry section that if you give someone with bipolar disorder an antidepressant an ssri an snri it could hypothetically send them into a hypomanic state. Mm-hmm. So you kind of always learn, okay, SSRIs are contraindicated in bipolar disorder. In the real world, it's not that simple. There are some people that are on the more depressive side of bipolar disorder who are on antidepressants. It's as simple as that. And, and, you know, there's a lot of overlap here, a lot of grays. A lot of people with depression, they think they might have bipolar disorder type 2, but it's kind of hard to... To, to differentiate to, that a little exactly, bit. yeah. Pe- most people I know who are type two bipolar disorder were diagnosed for depression for sometimes decades, and like they weren't their regimen of medication or whatever they were doing wasn't really working, and maybe a bipolar disorder type two just regimen of medication is more appropriate. Some people have had success with that. Not everybody, of course, but so that's my definition of mania is that that crazy energy sensation of emotions and sometimes it's awesome sometimes that's happiness and or or even confidence or or creativity or like inspiration all good things that you're like oh well that sounds awesome but sometimes that energy also goes into my sleep meaning i can't sleep uh sometimes that goes into anxiety 
sometimes that can even flip then even further and that's and this is where i make the differentiation between mania and hypomania is into like a psychosis like a loss of loss of ability to know what's actually real and what's not really for instance you know we were talking about my manic episode earlier yeah yeah yeah. so i was convinced i was fucking mark cuban next (laughs) i mean mark zuckerberg yeah like and it 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 sounds hysterical, and it, it is kind of like I thought I was like the character from the movie, you know, that I could get all these investors. But it was so real to me that I was calling people soliciting money, and yeah. I didn't even have an idea. I didn't even have a business. Like, it was just so stupid and ludicrous. And it's something I'm, in a sense, embarrassed by. But I, I do kind of look at it like it was out of my control in a sense. Like I was sick. Yeah. But either way, I thought that idea was so great and so grand. <laughs> and my confidence and, and inspiration was so high that it then that energy flipped by day four of not sleeping into a paranoia state where I was... He- Can I stop you for yeah, one second? Yeah. And any manic episode, do most people not sleep during those? Um. Yes. But some people's manic episodes are just sleeping less, typically. Like, you know, oh, I normally sleep seven hours a night and I've been sleeping four for the past month. You know, and some people's manic episodes are much longer than others. It's There's rapid cycling. There's, you know, some people say I was manic for four months at a time. That What? Yeah, this this mania that I was describing was maybe a week. Yeah, or yeah. So. But and, before your, like, friends and family, right? Like... Uh, well, yeah, in the process. Okay, sorry, sorry, some weird, weird, of course, questions going on. But that uptake of energy then switched into paranoia, where I thought like FBI was tracking my phone. People were following me. Like I was driving around. I was afraid to go home. I thought the cops were there or something. Just like not even the cops. Like people that were going to steal my idea that I couldn't even describe my business. It was was so stupid, so ludicrous. But then, so the difference between hypomania and mania to me is that lack of of psychosis so hypomania you know sometimes it can be an extremely creative period where you get a lot done and it's very awesome um and then sometimes that ad it turns that excess energy into more like an agitation yeah and an annoyance with the world over certain things i had um, like irritation that I kind of felt, and and yeah, so and so what I wanted to talk a lot about in this episode was, you know, so what month is it? Almost December. So this was roughly two, three months ago that I experienced a hypomania. Yeah, thing. like a, and I was like, oh, that was hypomania. Now that I've lived with it for so long, yeah. like I can identify. It. I've had many, but now I can really did identify. Did you know it while you were in, like, in the midst of it? Like, did you know that you were? Yeah, experiencing that, or where yes. does it take till it was like kind of done? You're chilled out. Uh, no, I could. I knew kind of during it, kind of thing. Did, um, is there anything you can do while you're in it to you know stop it? Or that, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, it's it all comes down to energy, right? I keep saying that. Yeah. So I keep thinking like, if during those states of hypomania, if I can really try to exercise and kick my butt. I can then get to sleep. And then if sleep, I feel like, is really always the common denominator. Like, once I start losing sleep and being so busy with things, that's when kind of rails come off. And that's when I always move towards more hypomania. At least a lot of the times. Um, But in this sense, I almost was able to project 
a hypomanic state was going to come kind of thing. Because two months ago, or three months ago, whatever, um, I started my psychiatry rotation. Uh And that, you know, was just, it was stressful in the sense that I want to go into psychiatry. Um, So I wanted to perform really well. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. I showed up early. I stayed late. I just wanted to, you know, put my all into it. Put a lot of pressure on myself. But also it was emotional stress, but good stress. But it was like, dude, holy fuck like this is kind of starting to feel full circle like this is what i'm gonna be doing like well yeah and it's like dude i was in like i kind of always i almost want to write a book one day like from one side of the psych ward to the other yeah like i was a patient and like remember being terrified and like you see that in these people's faces when you walk in there they're just like what the oh you know like terrified how did i end up in a psych ward and you know just being able to now help on the other side as like not a doctor but goddamn close and you know being able to converse with the doctor and and talk about treatment options with the doctor and being able to follow what they're thinking was it was a very gratifying happy feeling and i almost remember being like overwhelmed with happiness kind of tears just, emotions. just for getting to that point and yes dude but and like i trying I, to hold it together but i feel like you should i feel yeah. like that should be like a a normal thing for you i agree because i mean knowing your whole story and knowing like what yeah you know you've came from and stuff like you should feel that way i feel like yeah i i definitely agree and you know it was it was an extremely gratifying experience and something that I was proud of. And those were all good things. But, like, it still just in a sense was stressful because I just wanted to perform and do so well. Yeah. And I was having a good time. I was putting my all into it. But that kind of was just one thing that started, okay, like, you know, I was getting super amped, super into things. And I could feel this uptick of energy because I was just super into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Um, But then... There was also just other things in my life that happened at the exact same time as that experience. You were a part of it. We moved. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and moving is, you know, moving's moving. It's so much energy. You know, you're you're staying, at least because I was working at the hospital, right, at this in the psych ward mm-hmm. at, at this time. And so we were moving late at night. You helped me on at the weekend. Thanks again for that. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, dude. I, no I still problem. owe you a barbecue or something. Yeah, sometime. Um, we'll and, make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so doing that, getting that all sorted out. And that, that was, of course, there's challenges of moving it. It's just, it's so fun to move. And, uh, <laughs> and then on top of that, there was two weddings in September that we went to one in, um, uh, Portland. And then we flew out to Chicago for another wedding. Once again, both like all these things are good things. Like moving was good. Going to these weddings was good. It was just awesome. But like, Every one of those things is just exhausting. Yeah. And so, like, I would go to work, and I just was started sleeping less and less and less. So, did it get to the point where it went from being, you know, on the happy side of the manic episode or the manic attack or whatever you want to call it? Did it go... Did it then flip from that, kind of? Or... Or did it, or were you just always in that upbeat energy the whole time? And yeah, like it, did it ever flip though to the point where you were like, well, it, it was to the negative side of it, I guess. Well, you could look at hypomania as also negative, and any mania is negative because I just kind of had that energy, and you know, I wasn't sleeping, and it was just I could kind of feel it start snowballing, and like it would turn into, oh, I can't. 
sleep very much tonight because me and you were helping move things around. Yeah, yeah. And I would go to bed around midnight or one and be at work at like seven or seven thirty or whatever, try to get there early. And so I wasn't sleeping. And then even on nights though where I had more opportunity to sleep, I just couldn't. Like I would lay down and I just wouldn't be able to. And so I was very happy, very energized, and I kept that energy. But then I would just get annoyed about if someone cut me off on the road, <laughs> you know, being t- taking flights. Like, you know, that's always kind of an annoying experience with other people. And being that's so just chanting. That's just like the East Coast coming yeah. out of you, though. Is oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm an, I'm a asshole. True, true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... It just, I remember just getting so annoyed over little things. Like, if I dropped like a beer, I remember just like screaming in this house. One oh, time. what? Just like being like very, like, extremely irritable, like, and like over things that were just so small. And like, I was, I could sense, like, oh man, like, this is literally a hypomanic episode. Like, I just, and in this, I wouldn't call it rapid cycling, but just, you know, my, and my emotions were all over the place. Still, most of them very good. And I think I, you know, held it together in the psych ward of, <laughs> while I was, uh, you know, as a, as as a, a third year. junior practitioner, yeah, as holy funny shit, as that dude. sounds, because you can be hypomanic and still be functional. That's yeah. also what I want to portray about this. Like, it still was, like, okay. Like, I never got into crazy anxiety spells, crazy delusions, nothing like that. Like, it is so different, but, like, it was a just a different than normal like i wasn't sleeping like i was getting more annoyed about stupid little things like i just was and it's and maybe have you ever had this where you feel so energized and exhausted at the same time Mm -hmm. oh yeah like maybe if you're too hyped up on caffeine or something or just either way like do you know that feeling kind of yeah yeah i've been i mean i guess the first thing that comes to mind is I've been to like country music festivals before uh-huh. where it's like three days of nonstop partying uh-huh. and you wake up every day and everyone else around you is like, oh, fuck, we're so hungover. Yeah. But then by, you know, 11, 12 o'clock, you're exhausted, but you're partying again and yeah. you're going nonstop and it's not going to end. And like your emotional night. state then is like weird. Right? It, it's so weird. It's like, oh man, I should like be sleeping or I should be like yeah. passed out. But everyone else around you is in the same state and like everyone, you know, like that, it, I don't know. Those are like the weirdest things in the world to me because you literally just yeah. party for three days straight and then you're like a zombie for a week after that. And yeah, the, the couple times that I've been to them, I'm like, they're the most fun in the world. But then coming off of them, is mm-hmm. also like the hardest thing to do. Like you literally have like, yeah. a week hangover. So I mean, I guess in the same like sense that like we're talking right uh-huh. now, haven't been in the same situation. But like, I guess that is like something that I could like kind of compare to. It, but. I think that's actually a fantastic analogy because one, everyone's been to some some festival. sort of festival, yeah, and had, it is the best time. One too many sodas, oh, and oh you. wow, Magdalena. wow, fries mid podcast, very nice. So sorry, listeners, if you hear strange noises, but these fries are on point. Um, <laughs> but everyone knows that feeling. Everyone's been to a concert or like just something over the course of three or four days. It's been wild and crazy, and they haven't slept. And I think that's also very analogous to mania, hypomania, because you're not sleeping very much or very well. Um, and then 
on the other side of Mania, there's a crash. Not always, and it's not always as deep as one another, but after this episode of Hypomania, once we finally got um, into this house, once I finally got onto the next rotation, I did Family Med, which I still really, really enjoyed, but at the end of the day, like, I've always been interested in psychiatry. Mm-hmm. I, that was, if I wanted to try the hardest at anything, that was the one, you know, right? Um, finally got stuff in this house. Wedding season was over. We were able to finally chill. And it took me a solid, like, maybe month, if not even longer, to really unpack this house. Because we were just both Mm -hmm. exhausted. You know, and, like, crashed in a sense. And at that time, yeah, at that time, I wasn't able to podcast. I didn't have the energy. I was just, like, I just crashed and, like, had to reboot the engine. And that was literally my last couple months. And the kind of, like, really, I think, a good story... Of represent uh, of hypomania, mm-hmm. and of course, everyone's experiences are different. And but I hope this at least sheds some light and and gets you maybe a board question right. On, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? Let's hope so, dude. I doubt you'll get a hypomania question, but you never know. If we, I did, I'd be. You might get a mania about. question. I feel like that's more likely to come up. Do you have any other? Dude, so questions? I do. I do have a question. So, um, you've been someone who's very open about. You know, your bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and everything throughout your life, mm-hmm. um, or at least throughout, you know, last some of my life, eight, ten years, probably not right? that long since 20... six years, maybe five years, 13, six years, six years. So, when you're in a hypomanic attack, is Magdalena, is I mean, is your wife like able to see that? Does she know that that is kind of what you're going through? Um, more now than previously, because even previously, I wasn't always acutely aware. Because um, I feel like if you're by yourself and you're going through that, maybe you're not able to see that as much, but... No, especially when ha- not a hypomanic state. No, exactly, no. but like, if your wife is there, maybe seeing it, you know, seeing maybe some signs of it... Yeah. How does, how would, I guess, does that affect, you know, maybe keeping you out from going on to like a full-on manic episode... Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, you know, I still think the easiest thing to measure at the end of the day, like there's all these mooding charts and but that involves you actually having to like literally do something. Yeah, like, yeah. Put in a diary or, you know, put it in one of those apps on your smartphone. What I look at it is, is like sleep is an easy thing to measure. I went to bed at this time. I woke up at this time. And if I can, once I start tracking that that's less and less or like, hey, last night I was just rolling around the whole night. I wasn't sleeping well. I can, that's easiest for me to track kind of thing. You know, and I, at first when I was had these things, I didn't really notice. But I think for me, if Mig starts to see it, like it's really the irritability factor. It's like the the almost, the the outbursts of emotions and anger and annoyance and just like those things over like little minute stupid things like we all have a temper but you know I kind of describe my hypomania as as my temper's worse when I'm in a hypomanic yeah, state yeah yeah absolutely and I one of my friends my classmates Sarah Kane because I I've talked about previous hypomanic episodes and so I think I had one right around when I first posted the YouTube video mm-hmm. that still to this day I've done all this podcasting all these things. That has more hits, views, than all of my podcast episodes combined. Well, dude, didn't it go, <laughs> didn't it go viral on like CNN or something like that? Whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Or Fox News or I, something. I, I think I, I looked it up recently I, I, when I was reading your book. <laughs> your book said something about it. 
Yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe I should watch this before I, you know, start reading the book. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then looked it up, and it was like, CNN, you know, headline news, Logan News, yes. comes, you know, is, is out, or talking you know about funny? bipolar It was disorder. actually on Fox News. Yeah, Fox News. Uh, but yes, so... It's amazing, though, dude. Like, it... it like, it, the whole really article is. about it was so cool. I still don't exactly know how this day it ended up on that publication. But just, I think, like, the weird Facebook of a Facebook when... Or Facebook of a Facebook. What am I saying? <laughs> but I'm, I'm just eyeing these fries and trying to speak before I dive into them. So, um, either I'll, way... I'll eat them all for you. Don't worry. Either way, Facebook, you know, like, it's, it's crazy how quick a message can actually reach people. Because when I posted that, you know, I was maybe friends with a thousand people. Mm-hmm. But, like... People shared it. People commented and whatever. Like, and it's you could tell it was something that people actually did care about and was actually there was some shock value. Like, it was I think almost analogous to like someone coming out that they were gay suddenly. You know, like think about it. Like, I'm out of the closet bipolar disorder. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And so people really, really shared it, or maybe had people who were bipolar in their life that they shared it with, because suddenly it went from having maybe. Two or three hundred of my thousand friends on Facebook watching it too. Within a week or two, it was like thirty thousand or mm-hmm. something. And it's—I still don't even know what this day where we're at today. I wonder if it said fifty thousand. That'd be kind of cool. Um, it's either lot, way. Dude. So like, obviously, right after that happened, like that was—I was like, oh my god! Like I was like, this is so cool. And that's really—that was kind of like the impetus for me thinking like, there's something to this. Like I should need to go into mental health. I didn't even know medicine. Was it at that point? It's like I need to do something in this. Like clearly, I'm onto something. Like, yeah, this is gonna work. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm doing, I'm doing something right. I don't know what it is, but I'm doing something in the right direction. So, so that was kind of the first step on this journey towards medical school, and it was an incredible feeling. Like it was, and at that time, so new. Actually, months later, I met my my wife. Um, at that time of my life, I was in like extremely good shape. Like great time of my life. And so all of those things were extremely good. But once again, hypomania, that it was an, it turned into excess energy. I started being very creative, thinking about websites, things I could do. I tried to a YouTube channel at that point, doing other videos. And But then, same thing, that excess of energy started brewing into outbursts of anger mm-hmm. and outbursts of insomnia and just irritability, like we said. And at that time, I, I didn't know how to manage these things. And I don't even necessarily knew if I knew it was a hypomanic state. But thankfully... That's so a- so when, you're, when you say you're not able to manage it, does that mean you're recognizing that it's happening while it's happening? Is that kind of what you're saying? or? Um, I think at that stage, I just described it as pure happiness and new feeling and so and you're I, just riding the wave as it as it's that's, coming kind of. that's a great way to describe it yeah just kind of taking it as it's come and it because it mostly of course was very good but like you know i i wasn't sleeping once again at that stage but thankfully at that stage of my life i was still exercising quite a bit and i think that's kind of what got me into it mm-hmm. and some people when they have these hypomanic states do need to make adjustments in medication. Maybe they need to use some kind of sleeping analytic to uh, help out, or um, and you know maybe like a benzo or a trazodone or a seroquel or something to to help out with sleeping. Yeah, maybe yeah. just melatonin even something. But um, yeah, so that's kind of been hypomania in thirty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? 
No, man. We covered it all, I think. Yeah, talked a little boards, talked a little hypomania. We'll, we'll do, have you on again, you know. We'll figure it out. Um, moving to Portland. Excited for you. Yeah, dude. I'm pumped. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. Maybe I can do a rotation at OHSU. Dude, maybe we can do one together. Maybe. Yeah. They, funny enough, at the psych program there, we have one of our alumni from PMWU who's went there and now a teaching faculty there. No so. way. Fingers crossed. Dude, maybe we'll both end up there. Portland is a great city. I mean, I'm down. But yeah. I was also today looking at some residencies. Like, yo, I've never been to South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Carolina is like... But living near the beach down there, I bet it could be cool. It could be sick, dude. Golfing you around. <laughs> my BMW, like, would it be able to drive you around there? <laughs> you know? Not have to buy snow tires? Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be It's nice. an exciting time of our lives, you know? Who knows where we're going to live the next five, six years? Dude, that's just part of the traje- trajectory we're on, though, like... Who knows what's going to happen? It's yeah. like, it's out of our hands at this point. I mean, to to an extent. To some extent. But if you kick your butt, you can have more options over the next six months. That's, Step one is I the know, most important dude. test you will ever take in your life. Dude, I know. I'm going to try to scare you. Please, I hope you don't sleep tonight. Me. I hope you're just laying there like, what should I be studying? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Dude, that's most nights. Just kidding. just kidding. I sleep very well. Good. Dude, I think I told you last time I was on the podcast how I never slept and I just crammed for tests. And Have you changed? Uh, dude, I have not pulled an all-nighter since like Siphon last year. I am immensely proud of you. Yeah. And you're, you're maturing in front of my eyes, Chris. Dude, yeah. There it's, is an age gap here. How old are you again? Uh, I just turned 26. Jesus. So. Are you 30 now? Yeah. So at 26, I think I was in my first year back at community college. No way. Taking the pre-med classes. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I must when you went back. Maybe second year. Maybe second year. When you went back, you know, and you knew what you finally wanted to do, did you just kill it in all of your, you know, all of your pre-med stuff that you were redoing? Yes. Was it just... You were just so focused, probably, and so... Yes. You know, you know, asterisk, it was at a community college, whatever. But, you know, it just was different because I was 25 or 26 at that time and, you know, knew what I really wanted. And there was people that were only at community college because their parents were kind of making them go yeah. or they didn't know what to do after high school. No, I, I went to a community college for two years, I yeah. know. I thought my and actually there was even high school students because yeah. there were some high school students that could take running pre-med. start. So yeah. I remember just thinking uh, it was funny, like people next to me. I was ten years older and I was six twenty six. Dude, wild! I still feel young at twenty six too. Like I still. Well, I feel young at thirty, and dude, I got this disgusting stash right now. No, we need dude. to take a picture. We always forget. To, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe back at school tomorrow when we look more presentable, not like sweaty pieces of <laughs> shit. Well, hey, dude, that's uh, I think that's a good length. Cheers. Good episode. Cheers, bro. Listeners, give it five stars. You know you want to. <laughs>